I'm Dee Bonnie, and this is the Ignite Your Marriage Podcast. I'm an ER doctor turned marriage coach. Join me on this journey as I share with you issues that I've faced, mistakes that I've made, that all put me in a position where I had to look to God to figure out how to begin doing marriage and life His way, not my way. I believe that average marriages are just mediocre, and I'm on mission to help you abandon mediocrity. Do me a favor, and please click the subscribe button right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. Also, share this with your friends. Marriages will change. I'm going to get raw and vulnerable on here. We're going to talk about things that I face. We'll talk about infidelity, divorce, blended families, communication. We'll discuss how to have healthy conflict. Talk about sex, money, boundaries. If married people deal with it, it will be a topic on here. Get started designing the future you want with your spouse. Let's begin to ignite your marriage. Hey guys, Dee Bonnie here, ER doctor turned marriage coach. Have you ever sat around and thought, man, if my spouse and I could just communicate better, about all of our problems would disappear. I'm telling you that communication is really the number one thing that people come to me for advice about. It's like we spend all of this time just hoping and praying, dreaming that things are going to get better at home, and yet nothing really happens. Well, I'm here to tell you today that if you have problems communicating in your marriage, you are not alone. That is the number one thing that people come to me for when they want guidance for how to improve their marriage. It's like, D, like we just can't, we can't seem to get on the same page. Now this month, I'm coming to you with hope. Last week, I talked about how your vote doesn't count. Your vote in the presidential election is not going to determine where your marriage is four years from now. But you can determine that. And we talked about how, really, when it comes down to it, we need a good foundation. And for us, that hope that our marriage was going to improve really came from our relationship with God. But this week, I want to tell you two things about communication. First of all, I want to explain to you that communication, it's a learned skill. So if you guys have been off base and not really effectively understanding one another, there is hope for you because we can figure out how to better explain ourselves to our spouse. We can figure out how to better listen and understand what the other person's trying to tell us. The other thing I want to tell you is that the two of you probably are not as far off base as what it feels. I mean, if we could telepathically communicate with this other person what's going on in our heart, like what we desire, what we hope for, how we feel about, about that person. And you probably both have the same objectives in life. And you probably in general want to make each other happy. So I want to go over with you today four things that you can implement today to begin having communication that moves the needle in your marriage so that you guys can start having some peace at home and that you can have conflict that actually resolves and you actually feel better on the other side of it. So let's go through them. The first advice that I'm going to give you is stop talking. 
wait, what? I thought this was about communication. You just told me to, to zip it. My point is that when a trauma patient comes into my ER and they are bleeding out, the first thing that I have to do is stop the bleeding. And when you and your spouse are going back and forth and you're not getting anywhere, you're just increasing the hostility, pour, pouring fuel on the fire. What you're doing is exsanguinating the love in your marriage. So exsanguination in medicine is where we lose all of our blood so that none's left and we die. And that's what happens when you're in conflict with your spouse and you continue to talk. You continue to say things that are destroying and eroding your relationship. So we got to stop the bleeding, guys. That means that as you start having a conversation that turns difficult, know when to pause. I've said it on here a hundred times before. It's James 1.19, James, Jesus' brother. He said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. No, we get it jumbled up. We're quick to speak. If you're anything like me and you have a sharp tongue, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm witty, right? Like if you and I are going to tussle with words, I'm, I got pretty good game. And so I can lash out with that tongue and I can make wounds against my spouse. And I'm just causing the bleeding to continue. I'm causing all the blood, all the love, the life, the joy to just flow out of my relationship onto the floor, into the atmosphere, and then it's gone. So what you can do is you can actually enact the discipline of zipping it. Like, just stop talking. I know that this is hard. It's hard for me. It's even hard for me still. And I teach this stuff all the time. It's hard because when Megan and I are having a disagreement, I can feel that conversation going sideways. And yet I still want to keep talking. I want to get my point across. I want her to know how I feel. I want her to know how wrong she is. And on my good days, I just stop. D, just stop talking. And I've gotten better about it, which goes back to my original point. This is a learned skill. You guys can learn to do this. You can learn to take that self. I think, what was it, Freud? It was like the, the id or the ego. Anyway, you can take that self that just wants to rear up and keep going and let them have it. And you can learn to dampen that down, right? You just press it down. You suppress it because there's some things that don't need to be said in the moment. And there's a lot of things when my emotions are on fire that shouldn't be said at all. And so what you can learn over time by just taking baby steps, just taking little steps, something comes up and you just think, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause before I say that. I'm going to count backwards from five. And I'm going to see if I still want to utter that. I'm going to reflect on what my heart really desires in this relationship and figure out if that moves me that direction. So step one was stop talking. Step two is check your pulse. So, you know, John Gottman, I've talked about him before. He had a marriage lab out in Seattle. He may still have it, but he studied married couples and he's figured out what actually makes us mesh well together. And a lot of that has to do with communication and not devaluing the other person. But one of the things that Gottman figured out 
was he could tell, probably even before the subjects could tell, when a conversation was getting ready to go sideways. And that was when one of the participants' heart rate rose above 100. What's that mean? What's the significance of that? Well, Gottman figured out that when I'm in conflict with you, if you're my spouse, when my heart rate rises above 100, that means that I'm starting to emotionally flood. So what's emotional flooding look like? Well, it looks like when that conversation shifts from my head, the logical part of myself, to my gut, right? We've talked about this before. We go from our prefrontal logical cortex to the amygdala, that reptilian brain, that fight or flight. And for some of us, that tends to look a lot more like fight than flight. We switch to that. And so what I want you to do is check your pulse. Maybe not literally, but I want you to feel where you are in your skin, in that conversation. And when you are having a difficult discussion with your spouse and you feel that conversation, you know what I'm talking about, you feel that conversation shift down here into your gut and you feel those emotions taking over, I want you to check yourself. That's the time to pause. Go back, in fact, to number one, stop talking. Check your pulse because nothing is gonna make this conversation develop with good fruit if your heart rate is 120, you're jittery because of all the epinephrine or what the Brits call adrenaline, you're jittery because all the adrenaline is flowing through your veins, you are not thinking clearly. You are not thinking long-term about what you want in this relationship. You're thinking about giving her what's for. And that's not gonna help. That is how communication starts breaking down. That is how the two of you end up not seeing eye to eye. And I'm telling you that if you really got to the, the, the guts of what you want out of life, the two of you are not very far off base. So step one, stop talking. Step two, check your pulse. Step three, suspend judgment. So what do I mean by that? So judgment on your part is what makes the conversation start going sideways. Your spouse says something to you, and rather than just accept it at face value, you take all your 30 plus years of life and you start judging that person. In your mind, you're thinking, well, then that must mean that I'm not very important to you. And yet she didn't say that you were not very important to her. It's those judgments that come in and they start clouding your thinking. So now you're upset about what you have put in that person's mouth that he or she did not even say. Do you understand how if you just started processing the information that your spouse was telling you, taking it at face value, and then step 3B, asking clarifying questions, do you see how that's going to change your communication? Suddenly, we're developing skills so that we get to that point that we're actually communicating what we intend to, and we're hearing what the other person is actually saying. I mean, we could come up with an example. Um, maybe it's that she tells you that she doesn't want to have Thanksgiving at your house this year. She wants to go to her mother's house. Will you take that to mean something that totally is different than what she means? You take that to mean that she doesn't want to get the house ready, so she's just being lazy. You take that to mean that 
Uh, she thinks that you don't cook a good turkey. Whatever, right? You start judging what the other person's saying instead of actually listening to the facts that are being expressed and then asking follow-up clarifying questions. Now, maybe you ask a clarifying question and you say, uh, well, is it because that you don't think that I can roast a good turkey? And she says, yes. Well, okay, now maybe you tussle a little bit, but at least you got down to the heart of what she was trying to tell you rather than just making assumptions. You know what happens when we make assumptions. I don't even have to go there. So step one, stop talking. Step two, check your pulse. Step three, suspend judgments. Step three B, ask clarifying questions. Step four is lead with your heart. So when it comes down to having conflict or just difficult conversations with your spouse, reflect on what your intentions are. Share what your intentions are. Maybe state out loud what you want long-term. Hey, I want to let you know that you're really important to me and I really want to resolve this issue because I feel like that it's been a source of tension to us. And I really want to be able to just have an amazing life with you because I love you so much. So I'm leading with my heart into a difficult conversation. Part of that is learning how to have a soft startup to a difficult conversation, right? You've heard the old adage to take a compliment and a compliment and insert the critique in the middle, right? So you have like a compliment sandwich with a little bit of criticism in the middle. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So if you will start, start simple, start in just the, the easier conversations, lead with your heart, use phrases like I feel, right? No one can tell you that's not how you feel. So I feel like when you said that, it felt disrespectful to me, right? And so then your spouse might come on board eventually and say, oh, well, I didn't mean for you to feel disrespected. What I meant was this. Suddenly, you guys are moving the needle in how you communicate. Guys, I'm telling you, you're not as far off base from your spouse as what you think you are. There was a point at your life where you were madly crazy in love and you couldn't wait to be married and have this entire um, fairy tale romance the rest of your lives, right? And then at some point, it all kind of peters out. I'm telling you, you guys like each other. And if you don't like each other right now, if you start implementing the things that I'm teaching, then you can actually begin to like each other again. You can begin to love each other once again. Listen, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, check through some of the other videos that I have on here. Start absorbing this and implementing it. And then leave me some comments. I want to know if this is working or just a bunch of hogwash. Please do me a favor. Subscribe to the channel. Share this with your friends, people around you. They need better marriages. Do you know what it's going to fix? Um, you know what's going to fix America? It's going to be making our marriages and our families better. It's going to be making us better individually so that we interact better with one another, so that we don't come at each other all the time. We come along one another side by side, whether it's with our spouse or our children or our in-laws or our friends or even, dare I say, work acquaintances. Guys, you can do this. I love you. I hope you keep coming back. I hope this is blessing you. And I hope that you have an amazing, wonderful marriage as a result.